You're listening to Bridging Realities, an accessible astrology podcast with your host, Eugene McCraft. In this podcast, I work to build a more professional astrology by bridging the seemingly esoteric, scientific, and complicated concepts of astrology into grounded, practical use for empowering yourself and your clients in everyday life. To learn more about the podcast and to find out how you can participate in more intimate conversations about astrology through learning opportunities, getting your chart read, or by joining the Bridging Realities Tribe, be sure to visit AccessibleAstrology.com. For now, pop in your earbuds, hit the trail, relax on your commute, or listen wherever you experience your place of peace and ceremony, and enjoy these insights. May they be beneficial in grounding your experiences while reminding you of the brilliance of the gods and the goddesses above. Hello, Bridging Realities Tribe. Welcome to episode 78 of Bridging Realities and Accessible Astrology Podcast. Today is Thursday, August 2nd of 2018. Oh my God, it's August. That's crazy. So how's everyone doing? We are still in eclipse season. We've got our final eclipse on August 11th. And I'm just curious how this is playing out for all of you. What have you been learning this eclipse season? What has been rattled out of your bones to transform and transmute? I know for me, it's been a wild time, but wildly empowering and an incredible learning lesson of on many, many levels. So. This episode, I'm going to kind of cut into it pretty quickly. I'm not going to spend too much time in the introduction because this episode is so good. (laughs) It's so amazing. I love this conversation. In fact, this conversation lasted for two hours with my guest and subsequently I've edited out part of the episode and that second part will be the bonus episode this week for patrons. So if you do want to hear the rest of our conversation where my guest and I go more into her personal story and go a little bit deeper into topics around race and ethnicity and cultural differences, which this episode is ultimately about, please be sure to join the tribe at patreon.com backslash bridging realities. There you can, of course, also watch the whole conversation in video if you prefer watching the podcast as opposed to listening to it. But before we get into all of that, I just want to give a shout out to our sponsor, Cosmo Muse. Cosmo Muse, a beautiful astrological publication that allows you to journey with the the changing of the seasons and the moon cycles and all of the good things that we can do with astrology to work with it as opposed to have it work us. Uh, this publication is beautiful. It's amazing. And I've actually had two conversations in the podcast with the creator of Cosmo Muse, Ali Couch. And you can listen back to those on episode 39 and 77 to get a better idea about the publication and what she's doing with this work. And I have article in it with uh, the goddesses as the lead characters. So if you do want to get your copy, please be sure to go to cosmomuse.com and you can go to check out, use the coupon code bridging realities when checking out to get a 15% discount. I also just want to say before we get into this show, my guest Cheryl, her audio is a little bit funky and we really tried working through it, but we couldn't. So you have to be patient with her end of the audio. We could have waited, but I really thought this was a great time to bring her onto the show. And so 
just be patient with that audio and you you get used to it after a while. And uh, and of course, all of your sponsorship for the podcast allows me to give my guests better audio equipment for interviews moving forward. So all of that support you've been giving me is going to help continue to improve the audio and the quality of these shows and hopefully have somebody else edit a lot of this because I've been doing that and that's not really my strong suit. <laughs> so um, be patient with that, of course. And I also just want to mention, I will be doing the Q&A episode for the public soon here. So if you do have any questions you want me to answer on the show, be sure to follow me on Instagram at Bridging Realities and I'll be posing questions and and I'll be answering your questions on the show in a few weeks. So let me just introduce Cheryl really quickly. She is amazing. Cheryl Hopkins is her name and she is of astrologyempowers.com. Uh, Cheryl's interest in astrology opened up after a life-changing consultation with her first mentor. It led her to becoming a devoted student of astrology and spiritual wisdom. Cheryl has since studied with leading professionals in the astrological and metaphysical fields and is a level two graduate of the Stephen Forrest Evolutionary Astrology Apprenticeship Program. Cheryl has presented at various chapters, regional conferences, and at the United Astrologers Conference. She's consulted with clients for over 20 years and has mentored others, others seeking to use astrology in their life. And so Cheryl's hilarious. She's amazing. This is why the conversation went on for two hours <laughs> and so, you know why the bonus episode will just be a compliment to the episode we you will be listening to here. In the bonus episode, she's going to talk a lot more about her journey and more personal stuff. And we talk about some of our own personal uh, stories because I wanted to bring Cheryl onto the podcast because I have been in this relationship with a man of totally different ethnic descent than myself. Uh, you've listened to my story with Tarek. Of course, uh, you were all very supportive with episode, I believe, 75, my journey with Tarek. And if you want to listen to that episode, that'll give you some more background. But I noticed being in a relationship with a man from the Middle Eastern descent of Egypt and well, Northern African descent of Egypt and the Islamic descent, uh, how that's really come into conflict for us, me being a Caucasian woman from the middle of America, raised with really no religion, but just a belief in some spiritual higher being, how those two totally in incredibly different worlds collide and how this has brought me into the thought process of how do I then think about this with the clients I'm working with and just people in everyday life that come from radically different backgrounds than myself. And so in this episode, Cheryl and I talk about race and we talk about ethnicity and cultural difference. And it's really, really informative and really fun. Honestly, it's a really fun conversation. You know, we talk about um, some a little bit about the relationship with our partners. She is of African-American descent. Her husband is Swedish. Uh, so we share that in common that we ended up with people from across the planet. And we also talk about things like referencing African-American archetypes and Mexican-American archetypes and Indian-American archetypes and all of these different cultural backgrounds and how we can use those archetypes from different cultures to overlay onto archetypes in astrology. For example, we talk about Jupiter as James Brown, and I love that part of the conversation. It's wonderful. So 
sit back and listen to this one. It's awesome. You'll love it. And thank you again, all of you who have supported me by subscribing to the podcast, scrolling down, putting some stars on, on, uh, the review for the podcast that's been helping so much and really encouraging me to keep working and moving forward and bringing you this free content every week. So sit back, enjoy this one, and I will talk to you soon. All right, Cheryl, welcome to Bridging Realities. Hey, I love that name. I love that right? title. That yeah. is so perfect for now. And it's yeah. so ironic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, my, uh, my girlfriend and I originally started this show many moons ago. And at the time we were feeling really under inspired by the voices in astrology and the primary voices were men who were white and we were bored. <laughs> and we were just like, this is boring. And we, and we couldn't understand why, you know, it was, oh, astrology, this and this and this and this and all the details of astrology here. But nobody was really saying, oh, and see how this works in real life. And so we mm. came up with the idea of bridging realities to talk about how to interweave the knowledge of astrology, like that mm -hmm. masculine Western approach into the more feminine, you know, cyclical nature of life, which is mm -hmm. this like organic flowing product. So, uh, so yeah. that's where we got the name from. Nice. I love yeah. it. Yeah. It, it has multiple meanings and multiple yep. reference points. And it's really about bringing two sides together in a more yin yang kind of, right. you know, flow. Got yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Well, and you know, we were talking about before I have Pluto at 29 degree Libra. So I'm all about bringing and, and opposites son, together. And, yeah. And your son also at 29 Aquarius. I mean, the right. humanitarian, you know, yes. and, yeah. and so it's, it's about really kind of trying to bridge a, a, a certain way of being mm -hmm. at different levels. So Absolutely. The yeah. individual with the larger collective the same principles in a one-on-one -on -one interaction, the same principles in relating to oneself. I mean, I see Aquarius as um, very multi-level in that way, even though I don't know that you would necessarily, you know, see it that way upon first blush when you're first being introduced to what Aquarius is about, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah, because we're, we're, we're relating on all levels and Aquarius is so big and broad and mm -hmm. visionary. And, and the self can be kind of lost in that. And yet at the same time, the self is trying to bring those broader ideals into the, the individual interaction mm -hmm. and being. So yeah, multiple levels. It makes total sense that you would be uh, putting forth this uh, opportunity uh, yeah. to experience and resonate. Right. And one of the big things I'm trying to do with this podcast, there's a lot of things I've sure, been aiming to do with the podcast. But one of them is to bring more representation of all of the colors of the rainbow onto the show. Because like I said before, I have, when I started 10 years ago, it was the majority of the voices out there were white sure. men. And sure. this is like the, the, you know, it's old hat, this story. We all know it, you know, the patriarchy, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But I think still there is like a lack of representation of different cultures in yes. astrology and yes. different backgrounds. And so that's my objective bringing you onto the show today is just to have like a really candid discussion about how 
I think we overlook so this. My question and, and to you, being the minority certainly in this field and, mm-hmm. and working with probably Caucasians and African Americans, et cetera, what would you say to us who are astrologers or what what are your kind of commentaries on the relationship well, aspects in astrology? Well, I have the, the opposite to you because most of my clients are white. Right, right. So, and, and, and as I said, I mean, I've had a, a work history where I've been, you know, the, probably the only one of color in the room. Right. So there's a certain use to it-ness that I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is extended to the counseling work. So firstly, at the same time too, I was also mentored by a woman who is was d- black like me, but who was very much about you know we're spiritual beings having a physical existence. I mean right. that was ingrained into my, me as a way of understanding who I am and who the in, any individual who would sit in front of me. And so that's the first place that I come from. That you know strip away the skin color, strip away. The, um, the nationality, the language, we are all human beings. We are all spiritual beings. Absolutely. And so the religion that one practices, uh, the way one has grown up, these are cultural affectations. When it comes down to it, the only differences between us is male or female, period, end of discussion. Everything else is an affect. I learned that when I went to my first um, uh, trip to Paris, overseas. That was when I had that deep awareness of that, okay, that everything else is an affectation. So that's my first place of, of, of beginning. And I have found myself on more than one occasion having to sort of explain to my client that, you know, there are perceptions outside of theirs. And, uh, or if I make a reference to something, you know, me being a woman of color, there's, um, there's the history I was taught in school about America. And then there was the history that people of color got taught at home mm. because it was never taught in school. And I didn't, and no one who was white that I knew would even notice history. Why? Because it was thought of as black history. Well, in effect, black history is really American history because it happened in America Mexican history is American history because it happened, well, at least a good chunk of America used to be Mexican, mm-hmm. okay? Indian history and so on and so forth, right? Okay, so certain, you know, references would have to be explained to broaden the viewfinder, okay? But also to, to allow a certain degree of comfort because then, you know, you know racism is such... Um, is so intrinsic to every aspect of our lives that it's hiding in plain sight. It's just, it's in everything here. It's in the trees, it's in the land, it's in the water, it's in the air. It's all around. We built it into our institutions. It's so there, we don't even see it. And so, you know, it's like, it reminds me of that statement Martin Luther King made that slavery enslaves the slave owner as it does the slave or I'm obviously paraphrasing the exact quote. And it is so true. Both parties are enslaved to the sin. And so my, you know, I have found myself on more than one occasion 
attempting to move through any sense of like, quote unquote, white guilt to let's just get to, you know, what it is that this is there. And it gets in the way of us being able to just be human to human. Mm-hmm. If we could just, you know, move that aside, that's one aspect. The other is, is if we can understand that there are more than one perspective than the dominant perspective. Mm-hmm. And I think we're in a moment now where that is really, really huge. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you look at the fact that we have the LGBT community having made the level of strides that they have made under President Obama, yay, <laughs> and being under attack by the current occupant in the White House. <laughs> as to how I like to describe him. <laughs> All due respect. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. a new one. I haven't heard that one yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, the current occupant of the White House. The guy that's in the office right now. <laughs> right. You know? um, and, and, and we look at, um, I mean, of course, you know, people of color have been um, under, um, have had a, a very uncomfortable to say the least, relationship with authority and for good reason in this country. Like, so here, that's a good example. I remember a very good friend of mine who I worked with. It was during the um, O.J. Simpson trial. Uh, that was such a flashpoint around the whole issue of race. Huge, and yeah. I remember her, uh, she was white and, and there had been another, another shooting of a black man by New York City police. And of course the commissioner comes out and says, well, he followed, you know, regu- um, his, his training and his regulations and nothing was done that was not in the regulations. And I said, and, and, and I was expressing my horror and my shock. And, and from her perspective, it was, well, if he didn't do anything wrong, why did he run? And that felt to me like somebody had not only punched me in the gut, but mm. kicked me in the teeth. Mm. Now, fast forward, I understand that she had absolutely no clue because her life, how would she know? If I was her and if I had been raised the way she had and if I lived in, a, in an environment where I saw nobody different than me, mm-hmm. h- how would I know, right? Exactly. Not making an excuse, but just stating the facts. How would I know? Right. But I think for me, and the reason why it impacted me so being, um, I, um, you know, I would, uh, it was the fact that her first thought was, well, he wasn't doing the right thing. Mm. So the fact that he wasn't doing the right thing, according to you, explained and justified the fact that he's now lying dead on the ground. Mm. Mm-hmm. Would your brother have been the, lying dead on the ground if he right. ran? Right. And so that was very hurtful. But of course, astrology helped me to understand that as a Cancer moon, I take things personal. Mm. And that and that extended to you know my my quote unquote people. Not that I ever, you know, really thought my people, but but in fact, yeah. Just because the larger society would look at me and say, well, because you look the way you do, those are your people. Mm-hmm. And so yes, but yeah, yeah. It's it's so having to just kind of like create a a, a connection in a space that first of all we're spiritual beings having a physical reality, but at the same time, our society 
has a disconnect around the fact that, you know, people who are not in the dominant racial group aren't exactly seen. Right. And their history and their experience, their lived experience is not validated. And so, you know, wherever I can kind of bring that in a little bit, it, it's, it's good. And, and I guess I have another question for you, a specific question. If I'm working with an African-American client, what are maybe some things that you would say I should be aware of to be sensitive about? If I don't even know if that's even something you can answer, but. Well, I think, you know, it's a, I understand the question. And the question is certainly a relevant question um, from a rhetorical perspective, mm-hmm. because it, you know, it puts out there the fact that, you know, you have an awareness mm-hmm. that there is a different lived experience. Right. Engaging with somebody now who has had a very different kind of interaction in, in their life with, you know, the same kinds of institutions that have been protective and, and places of support and places of guidance for you may not have been that way for the individual that you're sitting with. Absolutely. That, that alone is just the start right there. Absolutely. Okay? Um, but what, you know, what I would say is that, first of all, for instance, is a good example, maybe as a way to kind of answer that. I remember when I, I did therapy twice and I was young. I was like 18 the first time and the second time I was in my very early 20s. And both therapists were young and they were white. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm talking and in both cases, I remember there was a certain point in the process where I realized they had no, they had no clue about what I was saying when I was talking about, you know, like my family dynamic and certain things that were just known and understood in my cultural background and milieu that they were acting in a certain place of horror. They were horrified by things that, well, this is what happened and this is what families I know did, you know. Um, So for instance, a good example would be, you know, uh, being beaten with a belt Mm. form of punishment. That was not uncommon in our Truth be told, it's not uncommon in your community either. Mm. But the, the way it was received was like, this was child abuse 101, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, it was just, this was how things were done because this was what I grew up with. So it, whatever you grow up with is normal to you. Right. If you grew up with, you know, parents who didn't talk at the dinner table and then afterwards they sat and had a cocktail and nobody said anything, that's what's normal to you. That's not what's normal to us. You know, and it doesn't have to be about a skin color thing. It, you know, the Italians, no, no yeah. they're not right. going to be quiet, right? <laughs> right the Spanish, right. they're not going to be quiet, okay? Right. Right. Absolutely. The Indians, yeah. they're not going to be quiet. Right. I can go down the list, right? Right. right. Um, so I think one of the, uh, the first things to be aware of is the fact that, you know, your, your experience is going to be different than the other individual mm-hmm. and that the other individual is going to be looking at you mindful of the fact that you have not seen what I have seen. You do not know what I know. So maybe a place to begin is, you know, instead of like, if you were consulting with someone who was from your similar background, you would assume certain things would just be known. So the first thing you would do is assume 
there are things I'm not going to know mm-hmm. about your experiences in your life. And just like maybe vice versa, though it does tend to be that, you know, as more people of color have integrated into the society over the decades, we have had more exposure in the quote unquote white world than whites have had in the black world. Absolutely. So if anything, maybe the deficit is on your side, whereby you have not exactly had some of these kinds of experiences. Mm -hmm. So that would be the first, the second place to sort of go. And then the next would be to that, you know, if you're working with somebody who is opening up, I mean, if you're sitting across from a woman and a woman who can be from your background, white like you, middle class, grew up in, you know, the, the mountain states, and she's telling you that she's in an abusive relationship, you're going to have a level of horror in reaction to that. You're going to look at her as somebody who is being disempowered by her mate. And you're going to want to know, as an astrologer, what in her astrological chart speaks to the fact that she's resonating with this, that she's engaged and enmeshed in such a pattern, okay? Um, When you are sitting across from a woman of color, it's no different on one hand, but on the other hand, there are going to be certain cultural considerations. For instance, if the person is of Mexican or Puerto Rican or from any of the Latin American countries, there's the machismo effect, right? Mm-hmm. You know, this does not come into play, we could say, in you know, the Black community or within the white community or what have you, but it is a factor there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, exactly. I would say likewise. How do you even relate to that, you know? And I'd say kind of to dovetail off of that, you know, a lot of the things I experienced in Egypt, you would think in our culture is abusive, right? In yes. terms of how the men act and what the women are supposed to do. But there it's just like absolutely normal that right. that the woman is tr- tr- treated this way and it's and it's not like abusive at all to that context this is a very good example what you brought up right you know you have to look at it in the context and it it can be difficult this is a very good example in terms of to connect with some people you have to have a certain level of knowledge openness sensitivity to learning about that to being taught and shown and to accept that and and put it in its proper context like you were saying and yeah and i think it you know this conversation obviously can can dove, you know, dovetail out into the, the bigger question or the bigger thing of humanity is like everyone has to be reminded that they don't know where that person comes from. And now as astrologers, we have that really beautiful opportunity to understand the chart and understand the, the personal psychology, but there's no way we'll ever really understand the reaction of that psychology to to the world. So like if, if let's say I'm born in a culture where being quiet is like you spoke of, it's good to be quiet, keep your mouth shut, but I have this chart that really wants to talk. Well, it might be a trauma that I've been trying to speak my voice my whole life. And my, my culture was like, shush, 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 you know? Um, and so that would be like something I need to overcome as opposed to being in a family that's like, speak your voice, child, like do your thing, you know? And that's an empowered part of the chart. But it is, and that's the really amazing thing again with astrology is it just takes away the color of skin. It takes away the cultural context. It takes away the history um, that, that nations share between each other. And it just breaks it down to the bare bones of that soul. And, and that's what's so empowering about it. But I think it's really important that all of us 
remember this. And, and, you know, I don't, I want to kind of move to the bonus episode here sooner than later, but I want to just ask you one last question. And that is as, an, as the astrology community is totally growing, right. And I've got a lot of, you know, clients and students from all kinds of ethnic backgrounds, but I'm, I'm wondering, do you know what the astrology community is doing to uh, integrate and also, um, well, actually, I have, this is a two-part question, actually. What is the astrology community doing? Like, are there resources out there for people of color that, because I'm, cause I'm curious how your community, and when I say your community, I mean African-American community, how they even see astrology. Because I, again, I know how, like the Caucasian Christian viewpoint of astrology is, but I guess my, my question is how does your community see astrology from the perspective of the African-American community? And then what can astrology, what can we be doing to integrate more culture and more diversity into this field? Well, I mean, firstly, you know, we're not monolithic, so we are made up of individuals and bringing their own individual experience to it. Um, and I have to say, uh, it, the NORWAC, going to NORWAC, the Northwestern Astrological Conference, these past few years has really been just an amazing experience. First of all, it's mm. just an incredible conference, a small regional conference that's been going on for close to 30 years now, second generation carrying it forward. And Sam Reynolds, who I spoke of earlier when we were chatting before I think we were recording, um, he's been very involved with Norwalk, and he got together with um, Laura Nalbandian, who is mm -hmm. the uh, head of that now. Um, and they came up with, you know, this idea of uh, supporting and encouraging diversity. So they created a diversity scholarship. And when I first attended Norwalk, which is in 2016, I have to tell you, I mean, there was just this feeling of pride mm -hmm. and shock at all of these millennial young black kids mm. that were like, I was just amazed. And talking with them, it was, it blew me away. Because, you know, I meet people who say, oh yeah, yeah, you know, I know astrology. Um, maybe they, they do other things to road, this, that, whatever. They know astrology. When you talk to somebody, you know if they know astrology. Yeah. All right. And, you know, and I remember once in, in teaching a class and I made the comment that, that this, uh, several people had said that they were astrologers. And so when I asked if they, you know, if they read for other people, I remember not really getting a firm yes or no. And I asked if, uh, could they read any chart? And I got no response. And I made the statement that, well, Technically speaking, you're not really an astrologer if you can't read a chart. Mm -hmm. And I mean, you can read your own chart. That's lovely. But if I give you a chart and you don't know what to do with it, then, you know, you're not really technically an astrologer. You are, I would say you're an um, uh, astrological aficionado. So you mm -hmm. study it. You like it. That's wonderful. And, and continue the process. But the goal is to be able to read any chart. These kids blew my mind. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do. If I had only known what they knew at that age, I know the confidence, the knowledge, 
the, the language, the command, I was in awe. Mm. I was in awe. Mm. Wow. And I said, and I remember being almost moved to tears that, you know, we're going to be okay as a community. We mm. really are. Mm. Now, in the diversity scholarship for NOAC, it's not just limited to people of color. There were people of, of different sexual orientations right. as well. Right. And, and I mean, and, and, you know, these kids, I mean, you know, I'm old enough that they could be my kids' kids. Mm-hmm. And so they're not my generation. You know, my orientation is very different than theirs. Mm-hmm. But if I got past all of that and we started talking the language, there was the connection. You know, and that's one thing I love about astrology. Yeah. I mean, I don't care where you're from. I don't care what you look like. I don't care. You can worship the, well, no, I don't want to offend anybody, but I was going to say the monkey God. (laughs) You know, you can worship, what was it, the God from the other planet or whatever. Yeah. Um, You know, the Scientologist worship. When we start talking about about the chart and the symbols, we're we're here. Absolutely. You understand? Yeah. But while we're engaged in that, we're right here. And when we finish, we can go back to being who we are. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I know every time. <laughs> yeah. But I think that, you know, the astrological community is like any other large community in America. Mm. Okay. The demographic here has always been what, 88% white or maybe a little less than that. 12% black, um, 1% or less of Asian. And right. so the community is going to look like that. But what is so wonderful is like, for instance, through Laura, Laura, Laura's efforts and Sam's uh, efforts with her, they have increased. Every year I have gone to Norwalk, there has been a different flow mm-hmm. of people. And as such, the Fresh Astrology Conference that Astrology University just put on mm-hmm. featured two three, three of the astrologers that came through that diversity scholarship. Wow. So I would say that that is a wonderful way of doing it. Now, the ambassador was Sam Reynolds. Sam is on Twitter, you know, holding court, connecting with tons of people. Um, uh, oh, I should say um, Omari from Chicago, who spoke at NORWAC, uh, who spoke at NORWAC and spoke at UAC, came through Sam's connection. Um, Vernon Robinson, who I met for the first time at Norwalk, he, a Stephen Forrest um, apprenticeship as well as Marie came through Stephen Forrest. Right. As a matter of fact, when we were at UAC, there was a young man who showed up at, on, on Saturday. He was in one of the, the classes I was in the morning. I connect, I just started chatting with him. And he had been studying astrology for years, never took a class, never read a book, never talked to a teacher. This was the first conference he had ever came to, mm. which blew me away. And, and so uh, we were talking and I mentioned Stephen Forrest and we walk out into the hallway and who is right there but Stephen Forrest, mm. <laughs> you know, with his partner. And I introduced them. And Stephen has mentored many people, but he's also mentored, uh, uh, and I'm very poor in basketball. It's not a sport that I follow, but he, there's apparently a very famous basketball star who has been a student of Stephen's. And, and he was telling the guy I was with, who I just met, and the guy, his eyes like bugged out. Like, are you kidding? He goes, oh yeah. You know, it's a, you know and he's also very good, a very good astrologer. And so, 
you know, to hear stories like that, right? It's like, wow, I could do this too. Somebody mm -hmm. like me is doing this. Absolutely. And so it's no different than someone who, um, you know, needs a, a, um, a science or astronaut or a scientist or a brain surgeon. And they see, my God, this person is like me. That means I could do that too. And so I think uh, other communities within the astrological community can foster greater diversity by an outreach program of some sort. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the big hopes that I'm trying to do with accessible astrology is to have a lot more opportunities for just like, I, I mean, just the whole the whole color of the rainbow. I mean, we're talking, there's so many different backgrounds in this world. There's so many different, and that's, that can enrich in our understanding. Like Vernon, who you spoke of, like he was explaining to me something about like James Brown and how James Brown had this really great archetype to, or Jackson Brown, or we used to have James Brown and, and how he had this great archetype to Jupiter or something. He was making these cultural references that I didn't really understand. But he's right. like, but this is the juice. He's like, but you can really reach more people when you understand their cultural context, like That's when you right. understand the music they've been listening to, the movies they've been watching, you know, again, like with my partner, the music he listens to, I'm like, I, I don't know where that came from. Like, I've never heard anything like this in my life, but it's like, it's soul and it's funk. And it's like, and, and it's so enriching and enlivening and enriching to know that I can learn these things to be a better astrologer and be able to make those cross-cultural references just to be able to meet each other more. So, so here's a good example. Let's just, let's just play off of Vernon's um, uh, uh, calling out James Brown. Yeah. I grew up listening to James Brown. Right. The first music that I've ever heard was, you know, well, jazz and soul. My dad right. was very big jazz uh, fan. So uh, the jazz I'm talking about is not the, the soft jazz that we hear today. I'm talking what you would call classical, yeah. great, ahead jazz okay yeah, yeah. i mean i can remember being uh coming in from you know third fourth grade and my father as soon as i walk in the door who's on the trumpet who's on the piano who's on the vibes right. and i and i knew it because it, that's how much it, it was played and soul music okay um grew up with every james brown hit i had the 45 <laughs> yeah that's right i had the 45 that's right <laughs> And I had the turntable. You got it. Okay. <laughs> Papa's got a brand new bag. <laughs> so what was James's uh, name? The Godfather of Soul. Mm. So when we say Godfather of Soul, well, astrologically, what planet are we referencing? Mm. Jupiter. Absolutely. Because Jupiter is the guru. Totally. The big... Yeah. yeah. Well, and it's great. And I just like, I love the idea, you know, uh, not to go off too much on a tangent, but we had been talking earlier before about learning about death and dying. And one of my favorite elements about learning about death and dying was how different cultures handle death and dying and, and which was very informative and in working in grief. And, you know, cause you know, exactly what types of prayers or the, the ideas that that, that person is coming at at the, the thought process of death and dying. But I, but now I'm really opening up to this idea that I really want to know more about different culture reference, cultural references to be able to, again, 
transmute this information or transmit, excuse me, this information. Cause we're talking about like Roman gods, right? We're talking about like yeah. Roman period, yeah. like the white, white, white Roman gods. And, and that's what they're named after, right? There's like, they're not named after any African gods and they're not named after, you know, we're starting to see now like ISIS and, you know, all of the asteroids, thank goddess, you know, that we have all these new representations from different cultures showing up. And that's why I have to use them. Like I cannot use the primary planets because it's so fucking limiting. But, you know, just remembering, okay, so how would someone in the Mexican Hispanic community see Jupiter? Like who's the Jupiter of, of Mexico or, you know, or, or of the, the culture of the Mexican traditions. And, and I'm starting, to, and especially now getting really familiar with the Arab countries. Like, I'm just like, you know, my mind is blown in terms of how they culturally see this world. Cause it's so talk about antithetical. I mean, holy shit. It's so yeah. different how they see the world. And, but really starting to like, understand that so that next time I do have someone of Middle Eastern descent, I actually have an awareness of the cultural context, just to kind of, again, bridge this, this vocabulary that someone can understand it more from their perspective, you know? And to, and to just, you know, kind of piggyback off of that, I remember several years ago wondering, you know, what other cultural references could we use? Absolutely. Again, like you're saying, for the symbols because, and, and also just kind of like being really a surprise um, at how much like my orientation to the symbols was steeped in the Greco-Roman myths, you know, the classical myths. I mean, you know, there's this, every time I hear that astrology comes from the Greeks, you know, part of me always, you know, wants to speak up and make a correction. Uh, it's Actually, the Persian astrologers are the basis. And even yeah. before them, Egyptians, Correct. they had astrology. Correct. The Egyptian astrology, the Sumerians, yep. the Babylonians. Yep. But if we want to bring it to like a one place of Renaissance, that was the flowering and the advancement, the Persian astrologers. Yep. Okay. Yep. And then uh, Alexander comes in, he right. conquers Egypt. He, you know, his people pilfer and pillage and, and ransack the um, library at Alexandria and take all of that valuable knowledge back with them yep. as what warriors did, right? Rape and pillage yep. back to their um, Rome and then Rome and, I mean, sorry, back to Greece. And then Greco understanding of astrology is built on the foundation of the Persian knowledge base, and the, which is why Project Hindsight was so important in the yeah. 90s. Yep. for these astrologers to really get in and dig in and, and try to really understand, you know, ancient Greek um, um, astrology. Yep. Yep. And, and through that finding out about the Persian astrologers and giving more life to it. So you have all of these different um, contexts of astrological frameworks, so to speak. And even though I don't practice Hellenistic, I very much follow and, and, and yep. have high regard for people like Chris Brennan. Yeah. Of course, Rob Hand, who was like, you know, the right. dean of that, right. of Demetra George, and Absolutely. what she brought to the table in terms Huge. of asteroid understanding and her Hellenistic perspective. I don't practice that way. I don't use those techniques, but at the same time, they are useful and they inform how I see. Yeah. And so, you know, I think being able to then, how do we now make a connection of the uh, planets 
to, for instance, cultural reference points in, in, in various African countries. Absolutely. Like in Arab countries yep. or go to Asia, go to India. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, I still don't know Ganesh. Who, what, 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 was, what planets yeah. would we connect to Ganesh? Absolutely. I don't have that knowledge. Yeah. No, I think about that all the time. And, you know, and I, you know, I walked through, I've seen a lot of Egyptian artwork at this point and tombs and, you know, and you look at these walls and you're like, this is astrology. You know, I don't know what, how, and I don't know why, but there, this is distinctively pointing to astrology and, you know, just the way all the tombs are set up and the pyramids are set up according to the constellations. Da, 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 da. And so it, it is, it is, we have to remember that it's much like when we're just saying Jupiter, Jupiter is not just some like white dude in the clouds with like a big white beard. That is not the yeah, only interpretation the Jupiter- of Jupiter. The Jupiter myth can be, you know, extrapolated. To, I mean, Thor. Okay, my husband, Swedish. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the Vikings. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, you absolutely. Know, Thor would be, or um, Odin, I guess, would be uh, akin to Uranus, and Thor uh, would be seen, I guess, as Jupiter. Right. Right. I, I don't know if that's a a one to one kind of correlation, but just in my, the little bit of what I understand of the Norse mythology, you know, right. and that would be something, for instance, you know, I would love to connect with a, a Swedish um, or a Scandinavian astrologer who is versed in, you know, this mythology and see what, what would be the connections you would make there. Same thing for somebody, you know, in other parts of the world. And so I do think that um, astrology is growing in that way, but just, but then it's reflective of how the society is growing because you are seeing, you're seeing languages. The, the mere, I mean, the one thing we can say about the current occupant of the White House is that he has been a catalyst for ripping off the, the, the blinders, Absolutely. you know, of what has always been seething in American consciousness. Absolutely. He's, been, he's ripped it off. He has given permission to that part of ourselves, that shadow material, to just come forward in a big way. Consequently, we're seeing things like, you know, what is it called? You know, black while driving, black while eating, black while Starbucks, black while this. I mean, it's just crazy. It seems like every other day I turn on the news and a white person has called the cops on a black person. A guy was, was, was just opening up his new shop um, he had just gotten the burglaries, the alarm system set up and he was testing it. The police were called upon him. Okay. So the crazy stuff like that, right? right? Every time I read it, I have a reaction as a person of color, just like I have a reaction to the current occupant of the white house. And then, you know, I go through my reaction and then I have to remind myself of the astrology. Mm-hmm. If I can bring myself to the astrology, it's like a way for me to be able to say, Oh, right that's what this is. And then right. I can. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Thank you, astrology, for giving some context for this complete chaos yeah. and, and, and being, and finding the gratitude for it. Right. So it's all a part of the show. <laughs> it is quite the show, isn't it? Absolutely. Well, listen, this has been a lovely conversation. I hope that you will come back again, of course. And thank you. Is there any kind of last thoughts you have for the episode or anything you want to share with the listeners to kind of conclude your thoughts? 
Well, just that, you know, I love it. I love, I have a passion for astrology. It is a language. When you learn the language, you can speak the language, you can understand the language, and it helps you to um, understand self and others more. It is one of many ways that that can happen. And, you know, there is a lot to be grateful for and a lot to um, benefit from by opening up to it if you, you resonate with it, if you resonate with it. And um, I think that what you're doing, uh, Eugenia, is, is fabulous uh, in this whole new venture that you're creating and getting it out there and speaking to different groups of people. Um, you're one of those Aquarians that's going to help expand the consciousness. Yeah. And I mean, when I saw the new website, which by the way, is phenomenal. It is absolutely stunningly gorgeous. I was like, my jaw dropped. Like, oh my God. That was oh, phenomenal. Um, and I just love the idea of what you're doing. And, and this is the time for that now. Community. Community, yeah. community at the local level. So you're one of the change makers. And I'm just happy I, we were able to catch up and I could yeah. you know, run my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. And, and we're going to run our mouths on over to the bonus episode for the tribe, for the community of people who just support this work, because believe it or not, I too have to pay bills. So um, this is this, this tribe that is supporting the work I'm doing with $10 a month. You just come to the bonus episode. You'll hear the rest of this conversation with Cheryl and I. And Cheryl, again, thank you for joining us. And we will talk to all of you guests. I will talk to you, not guests, but guests. Yeah, I guess guests and listeners on the next episode. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you received valuable information, be sure to subscribe to Bridging Realities on iTunes. And I would love if you left me some stars and a good review. For more information about this episode and past episodes, and to find out more about learning opportunities, the Bridging Realities Tribe, or to book a reading, please visit AccessibleAstrology.com. Thank you all so much, and I love you.